Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. Sterner, play action, looking, pumps, throws down the middle, touchdown, Arkansas, oh my! Clint Sterner is brought to you by Motorsports Authority. Sterner throws, With two great locations and hundreds of vehicles to choose from. Sterner, very confident. Throwing down the middle. This Clint Sterner, he's putting on a show. Check them out or visit online at msastore.com. Play fake, Sterner steps out of trouble. Wow. Oh, not, not very good at all. Yeah, I mean, we played poorly. Um, you know, I just think, you know, once again, the first thing that comes to mind is when you, you're walking off the field, you think you think through the preparation and then all the things that didn't go right. And, you know, um, you know, we played some combination of guys, and I thought they did a nice job on defense. You know, we wanted to get through, you know, personnel groups. Um, that, that, that's something we've been challenged with as far as injuries. You know, offensive line, we didn't, you know, offensive, excuse me, offensive run block, and we didn't get, we didn't get it going in the run game. And, you know, and didn't have much going in the passing game. No, nope, sure didn't. All right, let's bring in Clint. That was uh, Coach McCarthy. Clint, how high is your level of concern for the Cowboys, or is that a game where you don't feel like uh, they they figured to have much to gain, so maybe they weren't locked in completely? No, look, the level of concern has gone up significantly since about a month ago. We, I talked to you guys, and I, I felt pretty good about I felt different about the Cowboys, which which was really better about the Cowboys than I have, um, you know, over the last several years. But but you know, I think I think yesterday, I think yesterday was was a bad look going to the playoffs. Um, and, and when you look at what Dak Prescott has done, fifteen interceptions over twelve games, um, he's not. Again, he he's not a He's not a good enough passer of the football to to live playing a style or win playing a style of, of ball that that's reckless, that's careless, that turns that, that's turning the football over. A few guys in the league that are in the playoffs that that we expect to make Super Bowl runs, maybe they are good enough to go out there in a game and and throw two or three picks and still win at the end. And and he, he's just not, and the Cowboys aren't. So. Um, yeah, I think yesterday was was definitely a, a a worrisome outing for the the Cowboys. No question. That being said, what do you think of the matchup with Tampa? I'm gonna tell you, man. I, I like Tampa. I, I just and not because they're playing the Cowboys, just because I I said all along that you know I, I felt watching Tampa Bay. One, I, I I will never be the guy that feels the need to be right. You know, guess right that Tom's gonna be done. I watched Tom play, and there's nothing old about his game. His arms still there. Um, he, he, he never moved moved well anyway, but he but he can still move and, and navigate the pocket as well as anybody in the game. Anybody that's played the position, his feel for the position is great. And it, and as I watched them throughout the year, admittedly, I didn't watch a ton of Tampa, but when I did watch them, they weren't losing because there there weren't opportunities. Like I I remember, I remember watching one game before him and Mike Evans just absolutely absolutely exploded for two touchdowns and 200-plus yards. I, I watched the ball game where I bet he missed Mike Evans for three touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Like, And it wasn't he doesn't have enough arm strength. Like, It was just not on the same page. They were just inaccurate throws. They weren't necessarily long throws. They, were, they weren't they were difficult throws. They were just throws that usually Tom Brady makes in sleep. 
And so I've always felt like, not always, the last, the last six weeks I've, I've, I've felt like, boy, if Tampa gets in, they're going to be scary because if Mike Evans is healthy, they've got a coverage-dictating wide receiver and the best quarterback to ever play the game. That is a, a nasty combo. Now, can they overcome all the injuries? We'll see. But I like Tampa. I like Tampa to beat Dallas in week one. Mm. Uh, or in the wild card round, I'm sorry. You talk about Brady in the pocket. I thought Dak in the pocket yesterday looked just – I didn't know what he was doing. He, he, he was just happy feet, and sometimes there wasn't even pressure, and he's running around back there. and I'm, he, he just didn't look right in the pocket. Uh, un- uncomfortable, Clint. And, I, and then you talk about some of the throws. It seems like every time he throws to a receiver, they're well guarded. It's like no one is open. Is that an issue? Have you been able to watch the all eleven or the receivers getting open? Is he missing receivers, or they're just not open? Yeah, yeah. No, the all twenty-two hadn't dropped yet. But I, look, I, I think I think Dak forces the football too much. I think they're too aggressive with the with the football. So we talked at length, Wes. You and I have talked at length about how the play calling has. Get to, it was too aggressive, big picture, just across the board. This year, it's kind of come and gone. That they, For the most part, they, they pulled the reins in and have done a better job. And so now you look at just how Dak's playing the position. And I, I hate it. Like, I go back to the Romo days of, like, when Romo first got his, got his chance to be the starter in, in Dallas. And, and the first few games, they just allowed him to literally just be be unbelievably aggressive and play high-risk football, high-risk quarterback, and he got away with a lot of it. And so then all of a sudden, you've got a quarterback that believes he can do those things and win doing those things, and you get to the playoffs and it ends up biting in the tail. Well, now it seems like some of the same things are happening with Dak. It's like Dak's been the guy for a while. He's thrown for a boatload of yards. He threw it 50-plus times several times last year, and He's, he's done well from time to time, but ultimately I just don't believe that style of ball is sustainable. And so you look at, at, at what Dak's doing and you go, okay, well, when a team's dropping seven into, into coverage uh, or a team has better man-to-man uh, uh, defenders than you have receivers that can win, Dak's hanging on those routes. Dak's trying to drive the football into, into windows that he shouldn't. I saw a stat, and I may have told you about this last time we talked, Wes, but I saw a stat about three weeks ago. And I don't know how the hell uh, PFF or, or, or Next Gen or whoever comes up with these. I don't know how they get to these, these stats. I mean, I really don't. But I saw a stat that said, by far the leader of tight window throws, Dak Prescott. Hmm. Shouldn't be. That shouldn't be the case. you got one of the best defenses in the game. You got two running backs that, if you check the football down to them, can make somebody miss and go make plays. You've got a running game that has proven to be much, much improved this year. An offensive coordinator that's committed to it. Why is your quarterback still throwing more tight window throws than anybody? And that's that is very concerning for me. And when you got a guy that's doing that, to your question, Wes, he's, he's holding on to the football too long. He's not making quick decisions. He's not basing things off his pre-snap reads as much as he as much as he should, given the fact that they. They play a, a brand of ball that allows him to do that. I, I just, I, I think he's making the game more complicated than it needs to be at the quarterback position. All right, talking to Clint Sterner on the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline again, brought to you by Motorsports Authority, MSAStore.com. Geno Smith, a great story this year, Clint, and we were talking about the good start, opened some eyes, and really said probably more about Denver than did about Seattle. But he ended up having uh, a really good season and got some bonuses. Actually, 
He earned $2.5 million in contract incentives. Hmm. So, I mean, he seems like a good dude. I'm happy for him. And the Seahawks obviously played their way into the playoffs. Taking on a Niners team that, honestly, after watching him in college, even though he was an all-Big 12 guy a couple times, I keep waiting for the other shoe to drop with Brock Purdy. But admittedly, kind of like the Cowboys situation, right, you don't have to do a ton to win because you do have a good running game and a great defense. Yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, you, you, I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo proved in that system that you just you just need to steer the ship, man. Keep it on the road, keep it between the lines, if you will. And then, and then when when in the playoffs, here's I mean, here's the question about Brock Purdy, which is the same question that everybody has about Jimmy Garoppolo, and ultimately what what was the re- what I believe was the reason Jimmy Garoppolo was 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 being pushed out the door is when when there's going to be two or three times. And I'm talking about the playoffs. This is if they make a run. Right there's going to be two or three throws where you go, okay, can Brock make this big time throw? Whether it be in the third quarter to separate by two scores, or it's in the fourth quarter to go win a ball game, can you make that one big throw? Jimmy Garoppolo, he, he just in those moments for whatever reason, call it, call it, I mean, messing your net, call, call it whatever you want, inability to make the throw, whatever. He missed critical throws that I believe Kyle Shanahan thinks lost them a championship. And so Brock Purdy has done a great job of doing exactly what Jimmy Garoppolo has done. Now the question is, versus the best opponents in the game, can the dude make the two or three throws in a ball game that are going to end up winning it or losing it ultimately for Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers? I think it's a, a great, a great storyline. I tell you, the interesting thing about Geno Smith and Seattle is it's simple. Like Seattle has, I believe is it number three or number four overall draft pick this year with the with the, in the trade from Denver, and the you know the, there's going to be some really good quarterbacks available. I, I would imagine hell they they could even be aggressive and move up to now that the Texans lost they could trade with with Chicago if they do indeed want, end up wanting to trade that pick they could trade up and, and have their pick of the litter at quarterback. Do they stick with Geno Smith or do they draft for the future and ultimately? you know, cause waves in that quarterback room, if you will, in Seattle. I love what Geno's done. Good for him. It's a great comeback story. The question is, is does Seattle feel that that, that good about it where they'll they'll pass on, on young quarterback, a top five draft quarterback in, the, in in this year's draft. Is there another team you liked as an upset pick other than the Buccaneers, potentially? Oh, man. Um I'm not looking at my computer. Give me all. Give me the you other. You got Jags. Up. Jags are a one-point underdog at home to the Chargers, so that might be an easy one. Bills, eleven-point favorite at home against the Dolphins. Vikings, three-point favorite against the Giants and the Bengals. Six and a half against the Ravens, who may or may not have their quarterback. Oh man, I tell you, I, I think the easy one for me is, is, and I don't know if it's much of an upset, is the Jacksonville game. I just really like what Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence are doing. Trevor didn't play well this week; they were still able to win. Um, and find a way to win against a healthy Derrick Henry that was toting it 30-some-odd times in a game. So the easy one is is, um, is, is that ball game. Um, but the Minnesota-New Minnesota, Minnesota New York, I think, would be, if I'm trying to pick an upset, a big upset, what would you say that line was? Three. Well, that's not that big of an upset, is it? Boy, that's closer than I thought. Same, um, same. I'm with you. I, 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 if I was, was going to pick one, I'd probably take, outside of that Cowboy game, I'd probably take New York. All right. What about uh, tonight's game? We got the national championship. We haven't even touched on that yet. Georgia, huge favorite against TCU, and you told us last week, be wary of the Horn Frogs. I mean, you said basically, I'll paraphrase. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm not picking them to win outright, but you thought they'd give Michigan a little more trouble than most people did, and that's exactly what happened. And they did win the game outright. So, 
Now people are dismissing them against Georgia. What do you think? Well, you know, here's the thing: is is it's hard to base this off the Michigan game because JJ McCarthy making making just a a big time mistake early in that ball game, pick six. Um, I think swung it drastically, but. The fact that they were able to outrush Michigan in that game, I, I think, is something that as mm. we as we discuss this championship game coming up, like I just I don't want to doubt TCU. I mean, they outrushed the team that that many would would say is arguably the best running team in college football last year. Um, I know there's a couple of other. I mean, I, I guess this year, not last year. I guess I was thinking 2022, but I know there's a couple of other backs that ran the ball really well. But when you look at what Michigan was able to do through. Blake Corum, they're starting their Heisman Trophy, uh, you know, uh, preseason candidate going down. Him getting hurt at Donovan Edwards comes out and goes for 200 in a monster game. I mean, to think that TCU from the Big 12 then goes out there and outrushes those guys in a full quarter ball game—that's that, nuts, man. So I'm not going to question TCU's physicality um, and their ability to match up physically. The question, the question—I picked TCU to win this game, 42 to 38. Uh, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna know if I'm if I'm right or wrong, or, or let me say I'm not right or wrong. I'm, I'm gonna know whether I can feel good or or pretty good about my my uh, my pick, or I completely whiff by the time TCU has the ball twice. I need two possessions, and if if TCU's front can give Max Duggan time, now whether he throws picks or he misses throws or they get end up getting sacks or what, I don't care about that. Just watch the line of scrimmage. And if, if Jalen Carter and company, if they're not overwhelming TCU's offensive line, I think TCU's going to win this thing. Hmm. Well, well, well. Wow. I did not see that coming. <laughs> I just, I, I really do, man. I, I think when you look at the struggles of Georgia this year, um, Missouri, obviously, and then who was that? Kent State right behind them. Um, you know, th- those two teams, I think, put up back-to-back 22 points in, in the game, and-, and Missouri Missouri really had them on the ropes late. And I just don't think this team is as invincible as, as the team was last year, particularly on the defensive sure. side of the football. Right. And and um, and I-, I know they threw it around well. I know Stetson Bennett is as clutch as anybody out there. But there's – I think TCU's got the best weapon offensively in this in this ball game, and, and that's uh, big boy outside, number one, the big wide receiver, 6'4", 220. That's a matchup problem, and even Georgia doesn't have anybody to throw at that. So um, I'm telling you, man, if Georgia can't dominate the line of scrimmage, stick on the defensive side of the football, they're going to have their damn hands full, brother. Buddy, I didn't sound, did not expect to hear that from you. Okay, well, interesting. Hopefully it's fun. Hopefully it's uh, tight down the down the stretch. Well, yeah, if it's a ball game, and it, look, if TC, either TC if TC down the stretch or it's, or it's a one-score game down the stretch, it's going to be it's going to be unbelievably fascinating to watch. I mean, it, it, the only the only way this thing turns into a, a, a snore fest, right, is if Georgia just runs away with a jump. And like I said, if Georgia just overwhelms them with the line of scrimmage from jump on either side of the football, then I think Georgia runs away with it, and then we're all probably um, we're probably enjoying conversations or bedtime about halftime. <laughs> there you go. Luckily, it's an early start, six thirty tonight. It's on Buzz 2 if you want to catch it on the radio tonight. And uh, we appreciate the time, my friend. We'll catch up next week. Always good, brother. Always good. Go home. All right. Thank see you. you Clint. It's Clint Sterner. And actually, we'll have Clint on before the Cowboys game next Monday. We'll see if his thoughts change picking Tampa. Maybe he'll talk himself into the Cowboys between now and then.